1: Well, hello, everybody. How are you on this lovely Friday um, afternoon or wherever it is and what time you may be listening to this podcast? Welcome to From Hostage to Hero. Uh, The book is here. This is not a drill, my peeps. The book is here. And we are so excited about that. I love that you guys are posting pictures of the book in the From Hostage to Hero group. Continue to do that as your books arrive. Thank you in advance for those of you who have ordered it or are going to order it. If you want to order the book or learn more about From Hostage to Hero Universe uh, in general, go to fromhostagetohero.com. That website is now live and it'll tell you about the podcast that you're listening to now. It'll tell you about the book. It'll tell you about um, our Facebook um group, the one that I just mentioned, or you can go straight to Trial Guides to order the book www.trialguides.com. Grab your copy. You're going to want to do that because next week, November 21st, I believe we decided on 1 p.m. PST. We may move that to 1:30. So just double check uh, both on our From Hostage to Hero or our website for more details. Um, we're going to be putting that up in the next couple of days. We are going to be doing an online launch party for the book. What that means is I'm going to go through the book and show you how I put it together, what parts you really want to pay attention to, which is all of them. I mean, let's face it. And how you can get the best and most out of the book as you start your journey toward nonverbal intelligence and moving yourself and jurors from hostage to to Hero. So you don't want to miss that. Make sure you come with your books. You can follow along as I kind of take you through how the book is put together and how you can get the most out of it. That said, you definitely want to make sure you are a part of our From Hostage to Hero Facebook group. This is a private Group, which means there's no one else in there except for plaintiff attorneys and criminal defense attorneys. There's no jurors, there's no defense attorneys. No one can see your posts, and that will be the place that we will discuss concepts I cover here in the podcast and concepts that I cover in the book. I'll be going in there live from time to time to take questions. We'll discuss things. If you post a question in there, I'll do my best to answer it. So you want to make sure you get part of that community as we now start to really ramp that up now that the book is here. All right, so make sure to join us on Thursday, November 21st for our launch party. Okay, well, today we are talking about how it is time to fly. Now, I came up with this idea for this episode after listening to Brooke Castillo's podcast. I believe it's called the Life Coach School Podcast. You'll have to double check that for me, but I think that's what the name of it is. I'm terrible with names. Um, But I've talked about her before, Brooke, B-R-O-O-K-E. Castillo, C-A-S-T-I-L-L-O. She is a big mover and shaker in personal development work, life coach. She has this wonderful podcast. Again, I believe it's called the Life Coach School Podcast. And she's the one that came up with the model that I use uh, with my clients. I think I've talked about it here on the podcast as well. The model is a five-part Well, model, meaning that the first part is what we call the C line. That stands for circumstance. Your circumstance is anything that's going on in your life. Circumstances are always neutral. Then the T stands for the thought line, what you choose to think about your circumstance, whatever it is that you are dealing with. That T line then produces something in the F line, which comes next. That's the feeling that your thought produces about your circumstance, which then causes you to take A or action or not take action, which then uh, results in a result, the R line. So CTFAR is the model that Brooke uh, put together. We're not going to be talking about the model. I just want to give you some reference for who she is and, and why I'm bringing her up because I was listening to a podcast by her, I think it was last month, three or four, maybe even more than that. And I just thought, oh my goodness, this is exactly what trial attorneys need to hear. And so the name of our podcast or the podcast episode was called Butterflies Walking, which is kind of a weird name. And I was interested when I saw the title to listen to what it is. And here's the basic gist. And I'm going to break it down of how this applies to you, trial attorneys. Um, we're talking about butterflies walking. So she was talking about how she was on a hike with her dogs and she saw this big, huge, beautiful butterfly And it was attempting to walk. And she says, as you might imagine, butterflies are not good at walking. That's not what they're made to do. They're made to fly. But when they attempt to walk, they really struggle with it and she kind of came closer to the to the butterfly and to see if maybe if it was injured and as she got closer it, it took off and it flew away and it did that of course beautifully and the point of her podcast episode on this was that what got you here isn't what will get you there meaning to the next level meaning people who continue to try to use or get better at the skills and whatnot that they've learned up to this point, thinking it will get them to the next phase in their development, stay stagnant. When what's really needed is for you to completely change and let go of the old in order to usher in the new. So let me tell you about what I I think this really means for you as trial attorneys. You know, as people come through, for example, our studio classes, and we just uh, had our opening statement studio this last weekend, I I continue to notice this happen over and over again, is that as people learn the nonverbal skills, what they attempt to do is try to fit this new work, my work, this nonverbal work, into their old framework of how they have been practicing as a trial attorney up until this point. And... I used to suggest that that was exactly what they needed to do, meaning that these skills are skills that you can add to your tool belt or your, or your, your box of tools as you move through your world in terms of uh, your trial advocacy and continuing your growth and development as a trial attorney. But you know, it wasn't until I listened to this podcast by Brooke that I realized that that's not actually the best use of this work, meaning... Yes, understanding these nonverbal techniques and tips and tricks are going to be things that can assist you in, you know, more clearly communicating to the jury, getting your message across, communicating that you're listening, so on and so forth. However, if you are really interested, which most of my clients are, in taking things to the next level. What's needed is not to learn these skills and then try to incorporate them into what you already know as a trial attorney. What's needed is to let go of what you've learned and embrace the new stage of learning in your life. In other words, you really need to just stop and get out of your own way. And I know that sounds very very frightening, but I, as I've been on this journey myself, and many of you have heard me talk about this, where I started 15 years ago in the non communication world, thinking that I would help people communicate the content that they'd already prepared. And that led me to, nope, I got to help with the content because the content's not very good. And if the content's not very good, then the delivery isn't going to do any, any good in terms of helping people deliver bad content. And as soon as I came up with ways of how to help people clearly communicate content, I thought that's not enough either. And what when I kept peeling back that onion, what I realized is that it wasn't until we got to who people really and truly are and how they view themselves and trial and jurors and the process, that's what started to make the biggest difference of all. In other words, once we, or once I, started to help people get out of their own way and change their mindset, the nonverbals in large part took care of themselves. Meaning we communicate what we're thinking, and if we have the incorrect Thought pattern, and I say incorrect, but I mean a thought that doesn't serve us. Once we get rid of that thought, then the communication becomes much easier. Can you still learn ways to communicate more effectively? Absolutely. But as I've been learning over the last 15 years, and particularly in the last two or three years, as I've gone back and got my coaches training and really started working on the mindset piece with all of you, that's when I started to recognize that this really was a mind game. This really was changing how you view yourself, jurors, the process, trial, and as you did that, then the communication skills now made sense. Then how to create the content started to make more sense. It's when you really get around the idea that this is about you and not the skill that things start to shift. I mean, this is why when people come to our studios, they think they're coming to learn how to create an opening statement and deliver, or they think they're coming to learn how to create Wadir and conduct it. And what they end up saying in almost all of our classes when they leave is, oh my word, this was life changing. Because it's not about skills, it's it's about transforming who you are. You know, When we think about this, we can think about it in a way of the three stages that I see i learning basically anything, but let's talk about your stages as a trial attorney specifically, and we'll kind of compare it to learning, um, you know, like when you first had to learn to walk. So there's that first stage of where you're learning to walk, and that's when you're a baby trial lawyer, and you are just learning, basically, how do I do this thing called lawyering and getting the, the basics down. Once you've learned to walk, then you can start to run. And this is where things are coming easier, but it's also where things become harder in terms of your working harder. I mean, literally running. That's what I see most of my clients doing. They're running themselves into the ground. Yes, they know what they're doing now, but there's still a lot of confusion about the right way to do it. There's so much hard work. They're missing time with family. They're just, they're, they're constantly in this space of, I've got to do more, be more, learn more, which really comes down to, I am not enough. There is not enough time. Enough, enough, enough. So once you learn to walk, you guys take on and you start running. And what I'm going to suggest to you today is that you consider the possibility of moving to the third phase, which most people never get to, and that is flying. Now, what do I mean? Well, let's go back to the butterfly metaphor. The butterfly metaphor, when you think about how butterflies become butterflies, they start off as caterpillars, right? So that's your walking phase, maybe even your running phase. Maybe you become like the best caterpillar ever. But when it's time to become a butterfly, did you guys all know this? They create the cocoon and then they get in there or they're in there and they create it around them, I guess. And then they absolutely disintegrate. (laughs) They literally liquefy into a goo. And then they completely transform into a butterfly. It's not like a caterpillar just walking and suddenly it sprouts wings and it's a it's a butterfly. And I just love this metaphor because what this means is for you in order to pass from running to flying is you have to completely and totally let go of the old you. And most people do not want to do that. Here's the thing, here's what I want you to think about. That walking leads to running, yes. But running does not lead to flying meaning you can become the best runner ever you can run marathons you can go to running classes you can you know hire a running coach you can do everything that you possibly can to be the best runner that there is in the world and this is what i see all y'all doing out there is you're thinking the the way to move to greatness in this world is to become the best runner possible. And what I'm suggesting is that that will never get you to the next level, which is flying. Because when you are flying, knowing how to run doesn't serve you. It's kind of like dancing. It's like there's tap dancing and then there's ballet dancing, right? They both have similar things, meaning they both have an underlying skill of understanding rhythm or having to be physically fit. But if you want to learn how to be a ballet dancer, tap dancing isn't going to do you a lot of good. There may be things you have learned there that you can help give you a foundation as you move into ballet dancing, but you're going to have to let go of that and put your tap shoes away and completely do something different. I mean, take my message. My message, as you've heard me say here, is that you need to let go of winning, focus on the present moment, um, let go of the idea that jurors are the enemy, that they are hostages, so on and so forth. And, you know, I was saying all these things at our opening statement studio this last weekend, and one of the attorneys said... Sorry, but what you don't realize is that this is the message that we get out there. This is absolutely, positively what's banged into our heads from the moment we become travelers, if not before. And I said, oh, I get it. I totally get it. That's why I hope to be a voice for something different, for something new. I know what I'm asking you isn't easy. This is what is nailed into your head, that, that the jurors are out to get you, that winning is the only way you can prove that you're good at this, so on and so forth. But that is exactly my point. You guys are trying to do that system that system that 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 keeps banging that in your head that this is the only way to do things you're trying to to do that better i see you out there running and running and running and hiring those running coaches and and getting you know the books on running and and going to all the running cles and what i'm saying and suggesting is that you have to break free of that system entirely you have to say i'm done running i want to put my running shoes away it's time to fly and that's a totally different skill set altogether. I mean, think of the greats—you know, Jerry Spence, uh, Nick Rowley, Rick Friedman. I mean, all, you know, all the people that we all admire. Random again. Do you think that what they did was look at how law is practiced and say, "I'm just going to get really, really good at this. I'm going to be be really, really good at how this works, the way it is, and how it stands right now." Hell no. They all went, fuck this. This doesn't serve me. And they went and they did it their own way. That's why we now talk about them as greats. That's why they all now have books on the way that they did it. That's why you travel to go see their CLEs. We don't go see people and listen to people who have perfected the the way in which law is done correctly. No, we go and we listen to people who have broken out of the mold and said, this doesn't work. There has to be a better way. Look, they didn't perfect their running. They said, fuck this, I'm going to fly. And that's exactly what they did. And what I'm suggesting to you is that you have to let go of perfecting your running skills, of being the best runner that you can be, and recognize right now that that will never ever get you where you want to go not if you want to be truly truly great Again, you know, I know I'm not talking to everybody here I know there are some people who are like I'm fine with becoming the best runner possible and that's fine and good for you that's not who I'm talking about I'm talking about those of you who are really want to make your mark in this world, in this life, in this career. And I don't i don't mean make your mark. I don't mean you have to write a book or become a, a, a CLE lecturer. I mean, it could just be personal. You just personally want to make your mark. You want to prove to yourself that you can be, quote unquote, a great. And that's why I want to keep t- reminding you that the only way to fly is to let go of what you've got got you to this point and recognize now you need something new you need to absolutely liquefy (laughs) you need to disintegrate you need to let go of the old but it's scary it's scary to fly It's a scary thing for me to ask you to do it's it's scary to have to forget what you know and risk and here's what I want I want to put out there for you to help you do this is that if you're still running And you run, 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 and you run to the cliff and you jump off. Yeah, that's scary. Until you recognize that once you jump off that cliff, you've got wings. And wings are there to support you. Y'all forget this. You keep thinking, I got to keep running, 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 and you're ready for transformation. And as you run, you actually get worse at it because those wings behind you are pulling you down they're not functioning as they should, you're like that butterfly walking. You're ready to transform, but you keep just trying to be better at running. When the wings are back, they're going, buddy, let me fly. Let's do this the right way. See, because here's what your wings are. Your wings, which are available to everybody, is when you have mastery over your mindset. When you trust, self-trust that you've got this, when you're willing to risk and know that it'll be okay. Those are, that, that's what expands those wings. That's what allows you to fly. And, and also recognize that when you fly, you aren't running, you aren't sweating, you aren't heart pounding. You're soaring. You're navigating. You're doing things with ease. And I found that my clients who put down the rat race and said, I'm done with this, This can be easier. I can achieve greatness without so much effort. Have found that that's exactly what it's like. When they get their mindset right, when they start to trust themselves, when they start to risk, they have found that everything they were chasing is suddenly available to them. You don't have to force it. You don't have to run harder. You don't have to exhaust yourself. You've just got to believe that what's waiting for you is right on the other side if you would just trust that now it's time to fly. You have a mug that says, life begins at the end of your comfort zone. And I said, I really believe that so does greatness. Greatness is right at the end of your comfort zone. The problem is the minute that we jump, we think, oh my God, I'm going to fall, I'm going to fall, I'm going to fall. We forget we have these wings that that can support us and help navigate this with ease with ease we can soar so stop running start soaring but recognize that the first step is to let go of what got you here so that you can go to the next step you've got to be willing to let go first I welcome you come on over to here with all these other birds <laughs> okay Hopefully this made sense. This made sense in my brain. We'll see if it actually makes sense to you. Join us next week as we have the virtual launch party on November 21st. I look forward to seeing you on Facebook in the From Hostage to Hero group. If you haven't got your copy yet of the book, you can go to www.trialguides.com or visit fromhostagetohero.com. All right. Talk soon, you guys.
0: That's it for this episode of From Hostage to Hero. But head to our website, sorrydlm.com, for other must-have resources from Sari Delamart. Read the transcript of this podcast, watch trial tip videos, or download your free copy of Sari's article, Why Jurors Hate the Hobby Question. We're glad you joined us today, and until next time, remember that to lead a hostage to freedom, you must first free yourself.